What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Abraham stood there, I can imagine, with tears streaming down his face and into his beard. He stood there with a torch in one hand, you know, little sticks like a little bundle, and with a flame on the end, and, and a knife in the other. With the torch, he was about to light the wood or, or the altar that was before him. But before all that, he had to take the knife that was in his hand and slit the throat of his son, his only son, Isaac who was the offering he was going to lay on that wooden altar and offer him as a burnt offering to the Lord. This is what God had asked him to do. God had asked him to kill his only son, Isaac. And here he is on the top of Mount Moriah. And I can imagine he puts down the torch, picks up the knife. And as his son is laying there on the altar before him, he pulls back his chin, revealing his neck. He's thinking, you know, if I slit him at the throat, it'll, it'll, it'll be fast and it'll be over. And he raises his hand to heaven. And I wonder if he's holding it up so Yahweh can see it. I wonder if he's thinking, I will obey Yahweh. I will obey him at any cost. And he raised his knife higher and higher. And then he starts to bring it down and... What is Abraham thinking? What is he doing? I mean, here he's about to kill the very son through which Yahweh had said all his promises would come. And, and, and why isn't Isaac struggling like crazy to get out of this? I mean, right now he's probably in his mid-teens. He's no wimpy boy. I mean, why isn't he fighting to get off that altar? He's just laying there. What is wrong with these people? When you come to Genesis chapter 22, you come to Abraham's final but greatest test. And if you want a story that shows what it takes to have faith in God, man, I just want to encourage you. This is an exciting story, and it just shows the faith, the mighty faith that Abraham had. But it also shows what an amazing God we have who promises to provide everything we need. And man, have I got a story today for you. See, it all happened three or four days earlier in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. It talks about how God came to Abraham. And it says in verse 1, God tested Abraham and came to him and basically said this. He said, hey, Abraham. You know, I don't know. Maybe Abraham was sleeping. I can imagine. You know, late at night, 
a long day taking care of the animals and he's fallen asleep you know finally after waiting 25 years he has his son of promise isaac remember and isaac means laughter he finally has his son and this is the son that all the promises are gonna come through and his wife's doing great and his wife is probably at the pinnacle of it all you know and then god comes to him at night and I can imagine he's just laying there. You know, he could have been in a deep, deep sleep. Or maybe it was in the afternoon taking a snooze. I don't know. But God comes to him in a vision. It says, Abraham, Abraham, tomorrow, I want you to take your son, Isaac, laughter, you know, that guy. And I want you to sacrifice him as a burnt offering to me tomorrow i want you to head out and i'm going to take you to a place where i'm going to show you and there i want you to offer isaac as a burnt offering to me now what's interesting if you look there in genesis 22 he doesn't just say i want you to take laughter and i want you to sacrifice him to me no he says i want you to take your son Verse two, I want you to take your son. And then he adds this, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And I want you to offer him. There's a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. I want you to take your son, your only son, whom you love. Will you do that tomorrow, Abraham? Will you do that? It, it's as if God was not just asking him to sacrifice his son, but also pointing out how much it was going to cost him. I think he wanted Abraham to know that what he was asking him to do would cost him greatly. And the question is, would Abraham follow God? Would he continue to put his faith and trust in God and the promises that Yahweh gave him? Or... Would he cling to the son of promise even tighter? I mean, he waited all those years for him, and now God wants me to sacrifice him? No, that can't be right. Do I trust God, or do I cling to this beautiful child named Laughter? Would he put his faith in Yahweh when it would cost him? Or would his faith just shrivel up and die at that point? See, I just want to remind us all that to live a life of faith will cost you something. I think quite often we get caught up in our culture, our modern American culture, where, where Jesus is our best friend, which he is. Jesus is our constant companion, which he is. And we just think it's all, you know, sunshine and roses and God will give you blessing upon blessing and you'll get bigger cars, bigger homes. Prosperity will just overwhelm you. That is not what you see here, you know. Instead, you have a God, Yahweh, coming to Abraham, saying, I want you to step out in faith, and it's going to cost you, but I want you to do it. 
that goes against my mentality, you know, especially my American Christianity thought mentality. I keep thinking, no, I mean, God doesn't ask me things that would cost me, but do you know how many people around the world, when they say, I am going to follow Jesus, it may ultimately cost them their life, but it definitely costs them friends. It costs them work. It costs them promotion at work. It costs them maybe money. It costs them standing in the community. We're lucky here in America to be living in a free country and where we can say, you know what, I'm going to follow Christ. And we may even be cheered on, but maybe God's been tapping at your life and saying, I need you to step out in faith. I want you to do this. But you know, if you follow through and do what God's asking you to do, that it may cost you something. I may have to quit doing this certain activity. I may have to quit hanging out with these friends. You know, I may have to stand up for a truth. God's have been asking me to witness to that kid or that man for a long time. But man, it's going to cost me to do that. Or I may have to stand up for this truth, but I know my friends are going to mock me. But I just want to encourage you, Abraham right here shows that sometimes the life of faith will cost you. And so, Yahweh told Abraham, I want you to get up tomorrow and I want you to take your son and to leave and to go to a place and there I want you to sacrifice your son. So you know what Abraham did in response to this call of testing of faith? Abraham got up even earlier. I mean, that's what blows my mind. So it says in verse three, so Abraham rose early in the morning. So in response to God's call, he gets up early. This man has learned I'm going to follow God no matter what. If it were me, I would have dragged my feet. I would have taken forever to pack the donkeys, the camels. We can't get going till like three or four. Let's wait till tomorrow. I mean, I would have dragged my feet. Instead, he got up early, woke up Isaac, hey, gathered all the necessary things they needed for the sacrifice, found two servants maybe willing to work overtime, and they headed out. Man, I just want to encourage you. My second point, when God calls you to something, don't wait to do it. Get up early. Get out. Respond right away. Sometimes we drag our feet and God has to prod and push because God's going to accomplish his will in our lives in the end, whether we like it or not. And I'd encourage us. I'm encouraging myself. If God's asking me to step out in faith to do something, John, respond right away. Like Abraham, who got up early the next day and he said, let's get going. And early in the morning, it says he saddled his donkey and they took off. So here they are. And Abraham and Isaac and the two servants and all the stuff they had to carry with them to travel. And they head out. Again, not knowing where he's going. It's amazing to me. He followed God all the way from Ur how many years earlier, not knowing where he was going. And here he's following God again, not knowing where he was going. Now, it seems like Abraham was living in a town called Beersheba at the time. And where he ends up is this place called Mount Moriah, which is about 50 miles away. So on foot back then, with all the supplies and people, a 50-mile walk took about three days. 
Now, I wonder, you head out and you start walking and you got the servants with you and you got the camel and the donkeys and the food and, you know, you stop and eat a little bit for lunch and then you get some snacks along the way. Isaac is in his teens now and maybe at the end of the first day they built a fire and they sat around the fire. And I wonder, what did they talk about? I'm thinking, if I know in three days God has asked me to sacrifice my son, what would I talk to him about for three days? What would be our topic, our focus of conversation? I bet they didn't talk about sports. I bet they didn't talk about girls Isaac liked. No, I suspect Abraham talked about Yahweh and about the wonderful ways Yahweh's provided for his family and how Yahweh had taken care of him in the past, about leaving Ur, about their scary stay in Egypt, about how Isaac was born when it seemed impossible. I mean, I would have gone over story upon story about the goodness. I would have crammed as much theological understanding into my kid's head in those three days and I wonder if they pulled out a guitar on the first night sitting around the fire because when you sit around a fire you got to pull out a guitar you know I can imagine them strumming singing some great camp songs camp songs about Yahweh and camp songs about the goodness of God and probably sang about Yahweh and the great deeds he had accomplished on their behalf. And then the next day they got up and Abraham continued to talk about God and answered all of Isaac's questions. And then finally, nearing the end of the third day, I can imagine God says to Abraham, all right, stop. Here it is. Look over there. Do you see that mountain, Abraham? That's where I want you to go. In verse four, it says, Abraham lifted up his eyes. And Abraham saw the place from afar. That's where I've got to go. God says, that's the mountain upon which I want you to sacrifice your son, your only son, whom you love. And so, I wonder if Abraham looked at that mountain, looked at his son Isaac, probably breathed slowly because he didn't want to panic. I mean, this was it. He's going to sacrifice his son, his only son whom he loves. But before he left to climb that mountain with his son, he said something very significant. He says there in verse 5, Then Abraham said to his young men or the servants, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there. And he's pointing at the mountain. Go to the top of the mountain. We're going to go over there. And he says, And worship. They're going to offer sacrifices. And then he says this, and come again to you. What? I mean, God just told him three days earlier, I want you to take your son to a mountain that I'm going to show you, and I want you to sacrifice him there as a burnt offering to me. Sacrifice means he's going to die, right? But here, Abraham's saying, hey, we're going to go up there, we're going to sacrifice, and then we're going to come again to you. That, to me, shows great faith. Because I think Abraham's thinking, God promised through Isaac. The whole world would be blessed. The promises he made through me are going to come through my son Isaac. He has to live. I've got to trust in the promises of God greater than my circumstances. Also, if you go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 19, it shows what Abraham was thinking. It says there that Abraham considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead. So Abraham's thinking, all right, God's asked me to sacrifice my son. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. God's asked me to sacrifice my son, but he knows 
that when he dies, God's able to raise my son from the dead. That's what an amazing God I serve. And I think it gave a hint into the mindset of Abraham that, yes, I will sacrifice my son. Yes, I will trust the promises of God. Yes, I will step out in faith and do what he asked me to do. Why? Because my God is so great. Even if I kill my son, he can raise him from the dead. Don't worry. We're going to come back. That's how much Abraham trusted in the promises of God. And so they began to climb the mountain. And I think it's interesting, you know, verse 6, it says, Abraham took the wood that they brought with him. It says he laid it on Isaac, his son. You know, I can imagine, he goes, all right, here's the first speed wood. Oof, okay, you got that, Isaac? Yep, yep, got that. Second piece of wood. Oof, you had to have a lot of wood for these burnt offerings. He probably had some in his arms. He probably had some on his back. I mean, he's carrying this big load of heavy wood. And Abraham, he's got the bundle of sticks with the fire and a knife. I mean, I don't know if that's a fair trade, but, you know, youth. They've got a lot of energy. And hey, Abraham's 100 year old at this point. Why not make the teenager do all the work? So anyway, as they're starting to walk towards this mountain as they're starting to climb i can imagine isaac's thinking all right we're gonna sacrifice to god yes remember he's in his teens yes this might have been his first burnt offering to yahweh he's probably seen some afar but this is just him and dad this is cool and abraham's talking about how they're gonna sacrifice to yahweh and the joy it's gonna bring them and how they're honoring the lord and yes all right a burnt offering okay so i can imagine eh? isaac's starting to think Okay, and Isaac begins to look around him. We have the wood, which clearly I'm carrying. We have the fire, which Dad's got that bundle there with the with the flame coming out the top that he's going to light the burnt offering with. And, and he's got the knife to kill the sacrificial lamb, but where's the lamb? Where's the sacrifice for the burnt offering? I see the wood. I see the fire. I see the knife. And finally, I think it hits him. And it says there in verse 7, as they're going maybe halfway up the mountain, Isaac turns to his father and says, Hey, Dad. And Abraham says, Here I am, son. And he says, Okay, behold the fire. I see the fire and the wood. And look at the wood over there. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Where's the lamb? And Abraham turns to him. And again, showing an immense amount of faith. He says this, God will himself provide a lamb. Don't worry, Isaac. God will himself, Yahweh will himself provide a lamb. Now, Abraham's probably thinking, that lamb is you, Isaac? You're the one that's going to be sacrificed, but you're going to be raised from the dead. Everything's fine. Or maybe he's thinking, I know my promises that God has given to me come through my son Isaac. He has to live. There has to be a lamb up there. I mean, in the middle of this thing that God is asking him to do, what faith Abraham is demonstrating. So they finally 
get to the top of the mountain and they're there and oh i can imagine isaac's finally get all this wood off of me and they begin to construct the altar they put some wood down and they probably dig up some dirt to sort of hold the wood together and then they get some stones in the area and they start to pile it around the bottom sort of like a foundation and they put some dirt around there then they put wood on top stack it so it begins to form an altar and then they stack some and then maybe a rectangle type or a square and they build this altar of wood upon wood upon wood it gets higher and higher on a base of rock and then they begin to maybe put wood across so clearly they have a platform or a bed looking thing that they can put the sacrificial lamb on and then Isaac asks We got the rocks here, the foundation. Where is the lamb, Dad? We now have the flat top. Hey, where is this lamb? Where's the lamb that God's going to provide? And then Abraham turns and places Isaac, I can imagine. Hey, Isaac, lay down on the altar. And Isaac lays down. And it says he just begins to tie the hands and feet of Isaac. And what's interesting to me, there is no struggle here from Isaac. You know, in verse 9, he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. You don't see a fight. I mean, this kid's in his teenage years. His dad's in his hundreds. You'd think Isaac could have taken his dad out. But there's no sign of a struggle. And I wonder if it finally hits him. I'm the lamb. I'm the lamb. Dad's going to sacrifice me to Yahweh. I'm the lamb. I wonder if he thought to himself, I'm the lamb. Hey, you know what? Dad's told me about Yahweh. And I've seen how Yahweh's provided for our family. And I've heard these great stories about the promises that God keeps to those who love him. And the promises he's kept to my dad and to my family. You know what? I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust Yahweh too. And I think this shows a glimpse here into the growing faith of Isaac. You know, he'd heard the stories and he'd seen firsthand what Yahweh had done. And I wonder if Isaac, just like his dad, lived a life of obedient faith, even to the point where he was willing to die for that faith. So Isaac calmly lays down on the altar. Here we are back at the beginning of the story. He's bound on top of the altar. And I can imagine, again, Abraham pushes back his neck to expose his throat because he's thinking, if, if I cut his throat, he'll die quickly. He'll die painlessly. That's the way I slaughter animals so there's no suffering. He takes the knife and he begins to raise it up and he says, I'm going to trust in you, God. And he begins to bring it down. And all of a sudden we hear, stop, stop. The angel of the Lord says, Abraham, Abraham, verse 11. The idea here is like he basically had to stop Abraham. I mean, if it had been me, I would have taken the knife and gone, you know, like a little sort of nice little paper cut or something. I don't know, but the idea here is that Abraham instead, he was coming down hard. He was coming down fast. He was doing exactly what God wanted him to do. And the angel of the Lord, God said, stop, Abraham, Abraham. And it says, Abraham says, here I am. Can you imagine the relief he must have felt as his hand was about to cut, destroy, kill? The word there too is slaughter. Verse 10, 
It says that he took his knife to slaughter. Again, it's supposed to show the horrific nature of what was about to happen. He wasn't just going to nicely kill his son. There's no way to nicely kill your son, I will admit. But here, it's this idea of slaughter. He was going to kill him because he trusted in Yahweh. And God, the angel of the Lord, stops him and says, No, Abraham. Then he drops the knife. He says, Here I am. And he's weeping. Oh, I thank you, God. And God says to him, and the angel of the Lord says, Do not lay your hand on the boy, verse 12, or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham's like, Yes. Thank you, Yahweh. And then he hears some rustling over there. And there it is. A ram was caught in the thickets. God did provide a ram. God did provide a lamb. And so he undoes Isaac's ropes in his hands. And I can imagine they hug and they, they go over and get the ram. And they put him on top of the altar. And they slit his throat. And they offer this lamb as a burnt offering to Yahweh. And then it's interesting. Abraham says in verse 14, I'm going to call this place where God tested me. I'm going to call this place the Lord will provide. In the Hebrew there, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. I'm going to call this place Jehovah Jireh. I'm going to call this place the Lord will provide because God asked me to sacrifice my son and I said he will provide the lamb and he did. And you know what's interesting? At the beginning of this whole thing, I said the life of faith will cost you. Well, I want to encourage you. The God who says... I want you to step out in faith, and it may cost you. It will cost you maybe friends. It will cost you maybe money. It will cost you something. That same God who says, step out in faith, even though it will cost you, that same God is the Lord who will provide. If he's asked you to step out in faith and the cost might be immense, I just want to encourage you, the Lord will provide for you in immense ways. If God has said step out in faith and you know it might hurt you with friends or with finances, God says, do not worry, I've got your back because I am the Lord who provides. Whenever I ask you to step out in faith, I will provide for you. Do not worry. Just follow me. All the way back to Philippians, right? God will provide all your needs. And maybe we are suffering in this life, but God says, don't worry. I will provide for you a home and an eternity. And this life is small compared to the joys that await you. And I've seen in my own life when I have stepped out in faith and I think I can't afford the tithe. I can't pay that. And sadly, there are times in my life when I haven't, and I have not followed in faith with my finances. But I can say when I have, when I've said, I'm not exactly certain how all my ends are going to meet this month, but I'm going to step out in faith, give God tithe cheerfully and lovingly because I want to. Whatever it cost me, when I have trusted God and said, you know what? 
I'm going to pay that tithe, and I'm going to step out in faith. I have found that consistently the Lord provides for me that month in ways that I can't even predict. All of a sudden, I've gotten more speaking opportunities that make up the deficit that I had. All of a sudden, some bills weren't due that I thought were due. It's amazing how God provides just in that aspect. So I want to encourage you. Yes, the life of faith will cost you. But our God is Jehovah Jireh, and he will provide. And you know what? The Lord God... Yahweh provided through his son, Jesus. And one day on the top of another mountain, the hill of Golgotha, a father had to give his son, his only son, whom he loved. God the Father, John 3, 16, sent his only son, Jesus, whom he loved. But instead of stopping the killing, he allowed his son, Jesus, to be slaughtered for you, for me, to be a sacrifice, to atone for our sins, that we might have eternal life. And all we have to do now is accept that free gift of salvation. If you want to be saved, all you have to do is pray and ask Jesus to save you. That's simple. It says in Acts, when Peter preached, he said, All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Later on in Romans 10, it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. All you have to do is ask Jesus to save you, and he promises he will. Because the glorious story is that son didn't stay in the grave, did he? Three days later, he defeated death. Choose Jesus because he loves you. and He died for you. And he took your sin. And I encourage you today, if you have not asked Jesus to save you, do it today. Do it today. Baldhead Bible Podcast is created by Dr. John Katzian. Music composed and performed by Elijah Katzian. Edited by Lincoln Katzian. If you would like to listen to more of Baldhead Bible Podcast, please subscribe. New episodes added every week.